0: live from the heartland and the crossroads of america it's tony katz today the news just breaking moments ago supreme court justice stephen breyer will retire And we are off to the races, guys. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. We're also waiting to hear word from the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, as we keep our eyes on what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. Is the United States going to send troops approximately 8,500 to engage in Eastern Europe, and will they actually engage? I spoke with Representative Jackie Walorski, the 2nd District of Indiana, about this. I'll share that with you in a little bit 833 got Tony 833-468-8669 all the retirement news this this is the stuff baby because this is exactly what the progressives wanted do not wait do not hesitate get somebody young on there replace these people now before it's too late Retirements is everything that they wanted now understand that the divisions of the Democratic Party are about to become laid bare in a way that you cannot possibly comprehend. Because the divide between the Democrat, if that still exists, and the progressive, which owns the Democratic Party, will be so on display for America to see. You will see the the, the calls for certain nominees... So radical, it will blow your mind. But let's go through a top two list really quick to make sure that we understand what's possible. And the first possibility is something that I tweeted out the minute I heard it. What about Kamala Harris? What? what what's so... What's so... Uh, See, what? What's, what's, what's so funny? I, I, don't, I don't understand the issue. Kamala Harris. Why can't Kamala Harris be the choice? Why can't Kamala Harris be the nominee for the Supreme Court? (laughs) Follow me. Kamala Harris is a failed vice president. She was a failed presidential candidate. She was a failed senator. She has never accomplished anything of value. She has simply been promoted up to the level of her incompetence. And so we're clear because Willie Brown told us it happened. she slept her way to the top. Well, she slept her way to jobs in California and then, well, just fell up from there. Not only will I not apologize for it, I'll double down on it. Come at me, bro. Kamala Harris is a terrible vice president. She is remarkably unpopular. And she has absolutely no possibility at all, of winning the nomination in 2024, never mind the presidency. Zero. Mm -hmm. Tony, didn't you say that about Joe Biden? Kamala Harris won't have COVID on her side. And Kamala Harris doesn't have the party on her side. She's got too much history. Hey, Joe Biden overcame being a racist including choosing for vice president, somebody who called him a segregationist. You're right. Anything can happen in politics. I know it all too well. But the Democratic Party has absolutely no faith in her whatsoever. So putting her on the Supreme Court satisfies a couple of things. It satisfies the promise that allegedly was made by Joe Biden to Representative James Clyburn, of South Carolina. I will put my backing behind you, Joe, but when there's a SCOTUS nominee, you nominate a black woman. Supposedly that was a deal that was made. Now, I I, I can't say that for sure. I mean, I, I wasn't in the room. No
1: one else was in the room where it happened. No one else was in the room where it happened. The room where it happened. The room where it happened willly really knows how the game is
0: played beyond of the train out of the sausage it's made we just assume that it happens but no one else is in the room where it happened but i'm going to assume that's the deal that was made harris being a, uh, a scotus going to scotus eliminates great problems with the democratic party you put a black woman on the court an Asian-American Pacific Islander, is she, is she's, do they consider him an Asian-American Pacific Islander? I, I, I'm not joking here. I'm not trying to be rude. I simply cannot keep up. So I don't know how these things are viewed. Oh, it'll be first this and historic that and mind altering this and all the jazz. And since she's a progressive, it'll satisfy a fair amount of people. Don't dismiss this possibility. Now, the interesting thing is, with a 50-50 Senate, can you vote for yourself in a tie break? However, I put forth to you that it actually won't come to that. There will be Republicans who vote for her. Because they will utilize a criteria that they have utilized before. Which is, I may not like her politics, but in terms of qualifications, they are there. She was an attorney general. She was vice president. She was a senator. She she understands this, that, and the other. You may not like her for policy, but there will be people who say, yes, but I can't can't deny her the ability to be on the court. That will come. So, it's a real possibility. Also, you have to remember, the confirmation comes from the Senate. Can you imagine Republican senators not confirming a former senator? That's not going to bode well for Ted Cruz in the future. But now let's go to another name. Let's go to another name that is possible to be nominated to the Supreme Court. Merrick Garland.
1: OMG. Are you kidding me right now?
0: The current attorney general. He's already been Senate confirmed. What's the matter? You can't confirm him? He was okay to be attorney general. He's not okay to be a Supreme Court justice? Remember, it was Barack Obama who wanted him to be a Supreme Court justice. And Mitch McConnell. I love cocaine. Cocaine Mitch himself wouldn't bring it to the floor to even consider. Never forget how tough Mitch McConnell is. People like to attack him. Trump likes to attack him. Stand down. You sound ridiculous. Senate Democrats wish they had the leadership of Mitch McConnell. They wish it. Nobody plays Thunderdome better. Two men enter. One man leads. Two men enter. One man leads. Now, I despise Merrick Garland. Terrible AG. Anti-Second Amendment. Willing to attack parents. Call them domestic terrorists. He is a partisan bad guy. But just the kind of lefty that all the Democratic Party could get behind, and after all, they've done all the heavy lifting. There he is. As Attorney General, there he is. How can you say, and he was a judge before that, of course. How are you going to say he's not qualified for the thing? This is a great opportunity for Biden. Great, great opportunity for Biden, because Biden can not only nominate who he wants... It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Now, producer Ari just sent me from uh, Jeffrey Tubin. Oh, this was a couple of days ago. I already talked about this. I already talked about this list. The Kamala Harris uh, from No Pants Jeffrey Tubin at CNN was his long shot. Uh, There are a couple of there's one from the D.C. Circuit, Kantaji Brown Jackson, and then there's uh, Leandra Kruger out of the California Superior Court. Yes, 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 yes. This 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 rumor about a retirement had been coming along for a week or so. Just happening today as we're in the shadow of what's going to happen with uh, Russia and Ukraine, as we're taking a look at inflation, as we're taking a look at caravans coming up to uh, the southern border. This is a moment of opportunity and bright spot for Biden, considering all the negatives. It's an opportunity for Democrats to come together. And no, at this moment, I don't think Republicans can stop them. However, never leave it out of the realm that Democrats can overplay their hand. They always do. Just as Stephen Breyer retiring at the end of this term, Wait, wait, wait. When does the term end, Producer Ari? Uh it's. I think it's this spring. This. So will he be there for the summer? Will he be making decisions on, like, uh, on, for example, uh, the 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 Mississippi abortion law? I think. So he's sticking around for that. Yeah, I mean, I asked you, right? <laughs> oh, well, that's the question. Which means you don't get into the idea of replacement until, right before the midterms. So now Democrats are going to. Nominate somebody to the court right before an election. Oh, that fight's going to happen. Oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Bourbon for everybody. Hoo-wee. When the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, starts talking, I will bring it to you to the best of my ability. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. This Breyer news is just so incredible. And everybody's got a theory, and the theories are so awesome. And we, we were discussing the fact that, you know, he could nominate Kamala Harris to the Supreme Court. Yes, his vice president, because his vice president is wildly unpopular. It's Stephen Breyer, who's retiring, that is announcing, and retiring at the end of the term, he could nominate Kamala Harris without a question. And it would solve so many problems, as we were discussing and I also brought up he could nominate Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, who was nominated to the Supreme Court before. But as many people are noting, he promised, promised to nominate a black woman. Right? Uh, no, notice he never said, you know, qualified. And there are plenty of qualified black women out there. Plenty. Pl- plenty. <laughs> so, so we're all perfectly clear. But he was more interested in in the quota than he was in in the person. Just so we're clear. If you say that's what you're going to nominate, you're more interested in the quota than the person. You're going to nominate the right person, and that person could be, you know, anyone, anywhere. So what happens when you also have to worry about 2024 and a party that's unhappy with you? Because if you nominate Kamala Harris to the Supreme Court, well, it's a vice presidential opening. What are you going to do? I got two words for you. Hillary Clinton. Life uh, finds a way. Why not? Why not? Why not put her in now? You need somebody to cover for, for Joe Biden when he can't run in 2024. Why not the then sitting vice president? You think I'm nuts? How about this? I've thought of this in ways you've only dreamt about. I spend hours on these subjects, and I want now someone to explain to me why I'm out of my mind. Tony, the Democratic Party is exhausted with Hillary Clinton, and they don't want to see her again. Let me say for the record that I do not disagree. I believe that they are exhausted And I would not put all the mortgage money on Hillary Clinton, nor would I put it all on Kamala Harris. Because there could be multiple considerations that we have not yet considered. That isn't what we asked here. Anybody who thinks that what I am discussing is not a plan in the Democratic Party does not understand what is happening. Certainly doesn't understand the power of the Clinton machine even still. Does not understand the steel will of Hillary. She wants this. She needs this. She needs to prove it. And let me say for the record, just for the most selfish, selfish parts of me, if we get Hillary Clinton in as vice president and she runs for president, that means we could have in 2024 Hillary Clinton... Versus Donald Trump From Television City in Hollywood Tell me you don't want that again Picture the angst Picture the heartache Picture the gnashing of teeth The screaming, the yelling CNN will simply implode While MSNBC explodes It will be just amazing Michael won't be the only militant one out there nuts on nuts on nuts you don't have enough bourbon in your liquor cabinet to get you through it you're gonna be coming to me for more and i'm gonna be selling it for top freaking dollar i can't wait freaking amazing freaking amazing Come on, have a little fun. It's only the future of humanity we're talking about. <laughs> it's absolutely possible. The part that we can't yet begin to understand, because while we do spend time on this, uh, on the show, there's only so much time spent on it. There are people who study this. This is part of, of, of what they do. We would have to believe that we have a, a clear understanding of the levels to which the political left is progressive. We don't know yet all of the people that could be thought of who are more progressive than you could ever, ever, ever possibly imagine. We don't know the depths of the depravity. So it's hard for us to be able to figure out and see around all uh, the corners It would be hard for us to do. There are multiple ways this can be thought about. Multiple, multiple ways. And so we will spend our time trying to figure, (coughs) excuse me, trying to figure that out. Trying to pay attention to that. What kind of opportunities does this create outside of what it is that we are discussing here. Meanwhile, we're waiting on Secretary Blinken. I'm, I, if if he doesn't come on, I, I will get it recorded and I will bring it to you. Because what we're watching in Ukraine, this is serious stuff. And this is ramping up. It is not slowing down at all. This is getting more and more in our face. But someone brought up something uh, the the other day that I thought was a really good, important line about Russia invading Ukraine. Does Russia invade Ukraine and show up Xi Jinping, who is about to host the Olympics? And I got to tell you, I don't think he does. All politics are local. And right now you've got a, a, a China to which you're going to be engaging in joint military exercises with. Showing them up is a, is, is a thing. As retired Army Major Mike Lyons pointed out to us, you might need the, the, the ground, the physical ground to freeze a little bit more because you're about to roll in a lot of tanks and tanks have a lot of weight. So with the actual physical movement of an invasion can't take place until the literal ground conditions are ready. And both those things in tandem might mean a bit of, of waiting. We might have to wait to see whether or not this takes place and when. And I do believe that it is uh, the, the, the when. The when is the conversation here. The, the when is, is, is the focus here. The desire of the Russians of Putin is Ukraine. There's a lot of story behind that. I had this conversation with Representative Jackie Walorski of the 2nd District of Indiana. Let me bring that to you, and trust me, if Blinken talks, I'll share that with you as well. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, rumble.com slash Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. 8,500 troops, is that going to be the number? 8,500 troops to Eastern Europe. Senator Todd Young of Indiana is like, send them right away. But what are we sending them to do? Are they an actual deterrent to Vladimir Putin and the possible invasion of Ukraine? Because to be a deterrent, they actually have to be utilized. Is Joe Biden prepared to do this? Does America have a taste for this when they may not necessarily understand why Russia is engaged in this aggressive activity anyway? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you, but it's not the only thing pressing. Americans are worried about what's going on at home, the price of beef, the price of milk, how inflation is affecting their business. Congresswoman Jackie Walorski joins us right now from the second district of Indiana. That's the Northeast. You want to get an RV, it comes from her district. And so the RV business goes, so goes a fair amount of the U.S. economy. Congresswoman, it's good to have you on the show. I'm gonna start with what's going on with this Russian aggression. You've got 100,000 troops to the south. Of ukraine you have russian troops in belarus which is friendly to russia you have the possibility of losing the eastern half of ukraine all the way to kiev and the answer from nato is maybe amass troops in eastern europe but maybe not necessarily move forward where are we and what is the biden administration signaling
1: well can i say tony uh, here we go again and sure. can I just remind listeners that what we all as fellow Americans watched during Afghanistan with everybody watching, jaws dropping, even our friends around the world dropping. So I'm a little, you know, I, th- I think it's uh, correct to say that we're all as Americans a little uh tepid as to what happens right now because we have a president that is not a good commander-in-chief we have a president incompetent and this is a biden administration debacle getting ready to um, unravel so let me just say to your question why do we need help in eastern europe and i'll tell you one of the gems that sits in eastern europe that is probably the motive for putin's aggression is the black sea full of minerals full of, of the trading capacity for that whole part of the world is it a, is, is it uh likely that we want to go in and just shore up some of our allies that are in that region i think it's very likely and i think they absolutely should do it so but what you don't know is with this president you know everything changes from one day to the other and i don't think we're going to know what this president's going to do until putin plays his hand and then boom we're going to find out collectively as americans that uh, the administration, the Biden administration, is probably mucked this up already.
0: My question was a little more specific, and I am not arguing that the Biden administration has sent tremendous levels of mixed messages here, Uh, you know, the conversation of sanctions and now talking about severe sanctions, and then during his press conference saying that if it's, you know, nothing more than a minor incursion, it's fine, you know, inviting the the, the violence. But I guess the the, the question is 8,500 troops or 8,500 men and women, many of whom, come from Indiana. Is the Biden administration ready to point weapons at Russian soldiers and say, back out of Ukraine? And should we be in that place?
1: Well, I think where we should be, Tony, is what we did over the weekend. We have sent ammunition in there. We have sent weaponry in there, more than what Obama did with the uh, flashlights and blankets when uh, Russia went after Crimea. So to your question of should we be there, yeah, I do think we need to be there. The only thing that the Ukraine asked of our country was they didn't ask for our people, they asked for weapons. They said, "Will you sell us, not give us?" We'll do our part. Will you provide weaponry? Biden administration drug their feet. Finally got weaponry to them over the weekend. So I don't think uh, I, I think we're doing what is the smart thing to do for Ukraine as well. We got to keep our eye on what's happening over there, and I think now we've at least taken a fairly responsible approach which is get Ukraine what they're asking of of this country they want to purchase weapons and the weapons are on the way
0: talking to representative Jackie Walorski of the second district of Indiana of course we've seen the united kingdom engage in a tremendous amount of of drops of military armaments and and uh, help uh, for ukraine uh, moving it out and taking a look at what's going on right here in the United States and the inflation conversation uh, that that we're dealing with, I wasn't kidding. You know, the, the RV industry is everything. You sit on the House Recreational Vehicle Caucus. Well, of course you do, as the co-chair. <laughs> of course I do. Um, you know, it's but as that business goes, so goes the economy. And we see this unique mixed bag when we see Wall Street even have thousand point swings and still come out ahead. But Midwest Main Street is in a much different place. We see oil. Prices, Brent crude hitting that ninety dollar number right there at at the border, which means a hundred dollars a barrel is not too far uh, 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 away. You sit on the House Ways and Means Committee. You're paying attention to tax code and and economic health all day, all night, all the time. Um, is America really prepared for the inflation that is going to continue to grow?
1: I don't think they are. I think, you know, just in the last six months, people in my district have their ears on. They realize they're paying more at the pump, and senior citizens are paying 50% more for propane during an Indiana winter, which in my world today is, you know, every single school is closed because of the freezing weather or at zero. So when you look at the reality of people walking in stores and there's no, you know, there's no uh, products on the shelves, everything costs more. You know, the, the questions my district asks me, Tony, when I'm home and I'm in the grocery store and I'm in the laundromat, they look at me and they say, what in the world is happening in this country? How could 52 weeks have changed the destiny of the average American and the American dream? And it's because we have horrible policies. We have a president who's made at least seven mistakes in the last 52 days and he hasn't done anything right. There's nothing correct that's going correctly in this country that I could say to them, oh, fear not. You know, gas prices are going to go down. Gas prices today in my district are over $3 a gallon. Oh, fear not. Propane is going to come back to an adjusted market rate. It's not happening, and we just entered winter. The American people are slammed, and they're afraid because they see the American dream sliding away from them with one-party rule
0: talking to Congresswoman Jackie Walorski of the 2nd District of Indiana. I get what they're seeing. We, We see it, too. Uh, so when you see a House of Representatives that has a record number of Democrats retiring with Speaker Pelosi staying on, announcing her, her you know run for, for re-election, how do Republicans view winning the House? Meaning, what is the message that's going to resonate with voters to get them over the finish line and take control and help blunt some of these policies?
1: Because we're going to tell them the truth, that we're in this fight to win it. And when these when these Democrats saw the fading of the BBB and they saw four trillion dollars out the door, you know, many Americans are standing there with their jaws open saying, what in the world needs to happen? We need to reset this. We need to get our values back in this country. We need to make sure that we're protected in our neighborhoods, that inflation goes down, That IRAs go up. Because that's the reality of what's happening. I think by telling the truth in our districts that we're fighting for them and that what we're going to do when we get this house back categorically, you know, we do have a plan. We do have a plan to release to them. It's basically undo the seven horrible things that have just happened. And the American people are there. I talked to Democrats in my district, Tony, that absolutely are horrified that this left radical agenda has taken over the Democratic Party. And they feel it, too. They feel it in their pockets as well. We're doubled down. You know, Pelosi can come back and she can do whatever she wants to do. But I'll tell you, the fight for the country is right here in every one of these districts. And we're fighting back for our districts, our constituents, and for the American
0: when, but I want to dig just a little deeper if I can. Sure. Because I, I I, don't mind a bit of sloganeering and I don't mind saying we're down for the fight. Give me three subjects. What is it that the Republicans believe are the three subjects or the one subject? Uh, if I want the to put you less border, on the spot. What are the, the three things border, that honey. Republicans believe are going to move moderates and the suburban soccer mom to their camp?
1: Energy, the southern border, the cost of inflation, uh, How about those three right there? We can turn those around almost instantaneously by putting the Trump administration rules back on that border that the Supreme Court supported. We can turn that border off almost immediately. We did it in the last administration. Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that came out of Ways and Means was an immediate bump, an immediate help to average American family, middle America, my district being able to secure the American dream, being able to invest money and watch their investments grow, not being completely shattered with the federal government giving trillions of dollars of money away. I mean, people are fraught with fear. That's why we're out there telling them. That's why we're out there working for them. You know, we made sure we brought so much pressure on those Democrats, both on the House and the Senate side, by talking to their districts, they couldn't even get BBB down. They're still having conversations. Can they bring small pieces of it down? We are on the defense for our country. We're the ones that are going to make sure that reinstitute the uh, Constitution, the power of the Constitution, and making sure our districts and the rest of the country have a chance to rebuild that American dream. We are right there with them. We live in these same places and are paying the same ludicrous amount of money that the Biden administration has unveiled into this country.
0: One of the other things that we talk about very often is that I have not seen a single member, never mind anyone from Indiana. I've not heard it from Governor Eric Holcomb. I have not heard seen it from the General Assembly. But I also have not heard it from any representative nor senator, the call to bring manufacturing back from China to the United States and how Midwest Main Street should be the place where this is going and how specifically, I'll, I'll speak personally, Indiana should be the place. I mean, you you, you represent uh, that northern district. You represent where we do a lot of manufacturing, but we're not bringing drug manufacturing back at any record numbers. Columbus, Ohio, got the Intel plant for $20 billion, which I consider a sin against nature, not because I don't want the plant, because I didn't want it in Ohio. I'd much rather have it in my beloved Indiana. Where is the push, the aggressive push, statewide and from your level, to bring manufacturing back to, to America and specifically to Indiana?
1: You better believe it. So one of the things that you know that we do have the jurisdiction on is trade issues, and there's a big fight over trade with the Biden administration because they simply won't move. There's a there's a part in the trade regs called Section 301 that has tariffs involving China that we recently just led a letter on, we've been and we shot it to the mountaintops. The Biden administration has done absolutely not one thing. What we need, what we've been fighting for, what we've been pushing for, is to put us back to the 301s that we were under under the trump administration let's go go back to when this was going right and the manufacturers in my districts and around the country were set free to do what they want to do to help people to keep money in their pocket and more than anything keep manufacturing jobs here we can't even get a response From the USTR and for the Biden administration, but I can tell you, I'm leading the effort, both for the state of Indiana and nationally as well. Because you're telling me that that to change the regs or they're not coming back.
0: So you're telling me that Republicans have been reaching out to the Biden administration to open things up on re- the regulatory side for manufacturing, and he's not responding. And that's not a nationwide conversation on radio stations, on Fox, on Newsmax, on News Nation, on social media and everywhere else? We're the
1: first people talking about it? We're not the first people talking about it. It's in front media all over. I think I saw six uh, things yesterday on Clips where we're talking about this nationwide, any venue that we can get, because it's, again, another mistake by the Biden administration. Appointing a USTR and handcuffing her from being able to have the ability to bring those jobs back or shut those tariffs off. A tariff is a tax, and that's what what we fight in our district with the RV industry now.
0: We will get, we're going to get into the tariff as a tax conversation at another time, because uh, I, use, I said that for four years, and I accepted the, 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 the effort, but a tariff is a tax, and people yelled at me, tariffs are definitely taxes. Before I let you go, uh, Representative, I'm taking a look at all the caucuses that you're a part of. I'm going to get a little selfish right here, which I think is fine to do. I notice of everything that you are a part of, you are not a part of the uh, Congressional Cigar Caucus, and I, I'm going to need your help there.
1: I need you. you. Congressman
0: Banks, we were able to get him on. I need Congressman Bouchon. Uh, I I need Trey Hollingsworth while he's still there. Uh, I need Congressman Baird and Pence. I I, I, I even need Mervin uh, there in the 1st District. Democrat, I need you all on the uh, Cigar Caucus. we got some work to do.
1: We do have work to do because I'm busy making sure we get those manufacturing jobs, Tony, right up in my district in northern Indiana and to keep those RVs producing.
0: I do like RVs producing because after you're done with a long day of driving and you're set up, it's good to have a cigar. That's See, everything ties in together. <laughs> Representative Jackie <laughs> Walorski from the 2nd District of Indiana. I appreciate you taking the time. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. $90.25. See, I was talking with Representative Olorski. I said, you know, oil just hitting that, you know, brushing up against that $90 barrier. $90.25, Brent Crude. I don't know where it's going to end up. I don't know where it's going to end up. have absolutely no clue. I don't know. Check it again now. Is it up? Is it down? Beat me. Uh, beats me. My point is it crossed that $90 threshold. Now you will start hearing people talk about it again. But I find the whole mystery... Of, of heating oil fascinating. And the mystery is, how is this not a front and center conversation? How is it not a front and center conversation? If, if you're talking about how people survive uh, an increased uh, uh, level of inflation, how they survive uh, certain levels of squeeze, well, heating oil is a big one. That's a major one. But because... This is about Biden, we don't talk about it anymore. I guarantee you if Trump was in office. Which is, by the way, a super cheap thing to say, right? If Trump was in office. But it's the facts, it's the way it works. It's the way it works. This is part of that, you know, can can I describe to you, just for a moment, how much I hate the use of the word hypocrisy? I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. But sometimes it's the right word but there's got to be my problem is it's just it's so overused it's so cheap it's like this throwaway from the pseudo-intellectual you got to get more into the into the meat of the matter on the thing they don't cover stories the same when it's their guy in office now you could argue this i guess from anybody you could say of me i don't cover stories the same when they're my guy in office I would tell you, you got to go find that. When Walorski brought up the tariffs or taxes, I almost fell off my chair. I said that for four years with Trump and people got mad at me. I always said, I got it. I understood it. You were using the tariff as a tool to try and bring China into a place. And so, by the way, for example, did farmers. They got it. They understood it. But it is a tax. We're bringing in billions in tariffs. It's a tax. We're the ones who pay more. And as a tool, I don't mind it to give it a shot to see if it will get us something better down the road. But let's not lie. It's a tax. It is what it is what it is. In the meantime, heating oil, the price of oil. Is anyone going to talk about this or are we going to have these zero degree temperatures throughout vast parts of the country and the press isn't going to wonder how people are staying warm and at what cost and what they're giving up to pay for it? That is the ugliness of today's media and I guess hypocrisy is the right word. More to come. I'm Tony Katz.